Welcome, party people, to the first ever episode of The Sales Ladder, your new podcast to think crazy differently about sales, brought to you by GetAccept. I'm your host, Thomas Eagle, and I'm super pumped for this week's episode, where we're going to talk everything there is to know about social selling. And of course, who says social selling says Daniel Disney. Best-selling LinkedIn and social selling author of The Ultimate LinkedIn Sales Guide, his newest book, as well as The Million Pounds LinkedIn Message. He's got over 700,000 LinkedIn followers, millions in revenue closed and won directly from LinkedIn-generated leads. His content is viewed by 10 million people every single month. That's the whole population of Sweden right there. And last but not least, he's the number one most influential sales expert on LinkedIn in 2019 and 2020. Daniel, welcome and thank you very much for joining me today and for being my guinea pig with the first episode. <laughs> Thomas, thank you so much for uh, having me as the uh, first ever guest. I'm super excited to be here and uh, yeah, excited to dig into social selling with you. Perfect. So first question first, um, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? So the craziest thing, and it's a story that's going to haunt me for my entire life. I once fell asleep whilst at work and was woken up by a customer who was asking about the product I was, uh, I was selling. It was very early in my sales career. It was after a very uh, fun evening out the night before with uh, zero sleep and I was uh, selling kitchens and bathrooms and we had bedroom furniture and I made the mistake of sitting on one of our display beds and literally dozed off and had a customer wake me up asking me some questions about the uh, the, the kitchens now the, the the sort of cherry on top was that they actually bought a kitchen at the end of it but to be woken up by uh, that was a that was a low point Thomas <laughs> So falling asleep is a good trick because you still get the deal at the end. <laughs> it actually happened to me. Yeah, as... it's not something I would recommend, though. <laughs> happened to me as well, not in, in a customer interview, but in, um, in, in, in an interview with a sales rep. I was interviewing somebody with a colleague. And while she was presenting about our company, I actually fell asleep in the chair. She was not happy. <laughs> Oh, I feel for her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Daniel, tell me, so how how do you become a social selling guru? So number one, most influential sales expert on LinkedIn, 2019, 2020. Let's see at the end of the year, if you make the top spot again, uh, 700,000 followers. How, how do you achieve that? And how long did it take you? Uh, it's probably taking me about five years of solid, consistent work. Um, I think it comes from two core things. One is consistency. So showing up every day um, with, with content, with insights. And then the other component is creativity, finding different ways, creative ways to help convey those messages, those learnings, those tips and tricks and insights in a way that helps it reach and connect with different people. So those are the two things, Thomas. It's been a lot of hard work, but I guess the third hidden component is that I genuinely absolutely love what I do. I love and I'm so passionate about sales, 
social selling and LinkedIn. And so I do enjoy every single minute of every day of doing this. And I guess that does help keep you pushing through the consistency and creativity piece. Yeah. So, so tell, tell me what is social selling? Um, social selling in its simplest form is just using social media to sell, which sounds like a really generic description. But actually, when you break down the two key components of it, it's social media, which are platforms like LinkedIn and obviously other social media networks. And it's the word sell. When you look at selling and sales, that then can be put into deeper context of prospecting, qualification, communication, presenting, closing, you know, follow-up, relationship building. So it's using social media to do all of those things. That is what social selling is. So it's not just getting a signature on LinkedIn from a proposal. <laughs> It is, it is not just that. It is not just sending spammy messages or uh, often resharing the company blog. There is so much more to it. Good. Well, I, I think a lot of people have kind of already uh, gotten a bit into social selling, but I, I know I've seen a lot of messages um, from a poll I did yesterday, actually. A lot of people asking me, what is social selling? And a lot of people still have this fear of... Um, expressing themselves on social media. So what I wanted to focus first is how to get started. Um, and I think obviously the most important or the number one question I get when, when to get started is how do you grow your network on LinkedIn? And, and as you put it, growing your network is growing your net worth. So what are some tips to grow a network? The first thing is to understand, as you put it, that your network has a value and it will only have a value if you fill it with the right people. So you could easily chuck out a ton of bland viral content, grow an audience of random people around the world. That doesn't mean it's a valuable network. There are a lot of people, influencers included, that have these huge networks that when it comes to trying to sell them something, it doesn't convert and they don't buy. So if you want to create a valuable network, you need to make sure you fill it with the right people. In terms of how you do grow it, it's again, it's a case of consistency. There are two ways you grow a network on LinkedIn. One is to manually add people. So add your target prospects and other relevant people in the industry. There's that manual growth. And then there's the growth that sort of comes to you, which you do by building a personal brand and sharing content on a regular basis where you're giving that value reaching beyond your network. So then you attract people to connect with you. So those are the two ways you grow a network. And in terms of growing a, a sizable one, it just needs to be done on a regular, consistent basis. So you're saying social selling is another one of those things that is quality over quantity. So not mass spamming invitations, but really focusing on, on the key people that will bring value to being your connection. The same as in any part of sales, Thomas, quality or over quantity. You can, you can spam people on cold calls. You can spam people on emails. You can do it on LinkedIn. The chances are you're not going to get good results. I am an advocate and a firm believer that I would rather look and find the right people that are genuinely going to benefit from the products, services, or solutions that I sell, build credible, long-lasting relationships with them. That for me is true, long-term, professional, successful selling. Regardless of whatever platform you use, that's how it works. And definitely when it comes to LinkedIn and social selling, that's, uh, that's the secret formula. 
So I've already picked up that you you mentioned the word consistency uh, a couple of times already. So um, going with consistency then is also time. How much time do you put or how much time would you recommend somebody starting uh, with social selling to put into that? Personally, I would recommend if someone's pretty new to LinkedIn, pretty new to social selling, I would recommend anywhere between maybe 30 to 60 minutes a day to get started. Um, and in terms of what you do within that time, my recommendation would be to focus on the network growth. So every day adding people to your network. I would recommend putting time for creating some content uh, and engaging in other industry relevant content. So you're getting your name out there, you're building your brand. And then the last third component of it would be messaging. So you're starting to message prospects, but doing it in the right way, not spammy copy and paste sales pitch messages, but real genuine conversation starting messages. Those three activities, good, solid 45, 30, 45, 60 minutes a day will be more than enough. Now, me, bear in mind, I've built a big brand. I run several company pages on LinkedIn. I create an incredible amount of content. I log in around about two and a half hours a day of LinkedIn. So just to give it context from a starting point, it's not like you need to be on here six to eight hours a day. So would you say you're a LinkedIn addict? <laughs> I live and breathe LinkedIn, Thomas. It is, is my entire business and, and passion, but I still have face-to-face -face meetings. I have Zoom meetings. I use the phone. I have telephone conversations. Um, you know, I use a multitude of, of platforms because that is the reality of how the world operates. It is rare that people are just going to stay or want to stay on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is great various different areas, whether it's starting the conversation, whether it's, you know, a catch up or a little note or giving value through content It's great for all these things, but it's even better when, you know, you, maybe you open it with a LinkedIn message and you arrange a phone call, you pick up the phone and you actually talk to them. Maybe then you arrange a face-to-face -face meeting or a video conversation. So it's important to use all those tools. LinkedIn is a piece of the puzzle. Well, since you're on, on the topic of the phone, I was going to actually ask that later on. But um, is so is cold calling dead because of social media? Just, you know, if you can just send emails, you need to actually call people. This, it's an interesting debate, Thomas, and you, you mentioned um, before we started recording that you had noticed I've been in many debates over the years um, with traditional uh, and cold calling experts. Now, I have never and will never proclaim that cold calling is dead. It is not dead for the simple reason some people still prefer a phone call. Some people still are more likely to answer your cold call than they are respond to your LinkedIn message or your email or whatever other outreach method you have. So it's not dead, but it is certainly changing in the way it's done and the results it's generated. I don't know if you saw, I think about three weeks ago, uh, Merrill Lynch in the US had announced that they're going to stop all of their salespeople from making cold calls and they're going to focus more on social selling and social media and email. Um, and their justification was the results didn't justify the time spent on cold calling phone-based activities. Now, some people use that to make a claim that cold calling is dead. It may suggest it's 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 dying. It may suggest it's starting to maybe take a step back in terms of 
where it sits uh, from a priority perspective. But it's not dead. Far from dead. I can't see it dying completely anytime soon. But I think it's important to appreciate it's not and shouldn't be your main strategy, which it will be for a lot of companies out there to be really effective in 2021 and beyond. Cold calling sits alongside social selling, email, video prospecting. Um, and the reality is people have different preferences. There are as many people that are likely to answer the phone as there are unlikely to answer the phone. And the ones that are unlikely to answer the phone, you stand a better chance of reaching them by pinging them a LinkedIn message, sending them a good email, maybe recording them a video. That's the state of, of sales at the moment. Going back to, to the question of time as well, and then the kind of the state of sales in general, because there's um, a lot of you know studies and research from HubSpot and Gartner and, and these kind of uh, organizations about how much time sales reps actually spend selling every day and how much time you know they spend on admin so if you if you recommend spending you know 30 45 60 minutes a day uh, that that's quite a big chunk of the day would you consider that sales time or is that admin time is it you know if you're prospecting leads if you're you know checking out uh company profiles is that actual sales time because you're not i mean from a sales director position you're not on the phone uh you know trying to spin your prospects you're actually just in a way just you know doing research so how, how would you um consider that it, it will be a, a mixture thomas so some of the social selling activities are admin based but some of them are sales Based. If you're sending messages and the, the way I led my teams many years ago, the way I recommend leaders lead their teams is to segment those activities. So maybe between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m., you're doing social selling admin where you're researching prospects, you know, you're doing all those admin based tasks. Then between 10 and 11, maybe you're making cold calls between 11 and 12, you're sending links into, into key Activities, you know, on average, a lot of teams will make between three to four hours of cold calls. All you're doing is taking maybe 30 minutes of that and putting it to utilizing LinkedIn and hopefully other sections into other activities. Yeah. And it, what would you say are other kind of uh, major or, or main uh, misconceptions of, of social selling? So, I mean, obviously the debate between cold calling and, and is social selling actually sales, but are, are there other misconceptions that you see people kind of creating a barrier for them to get started? The two biggest that I see are that social selling is actually social marketing. Um, and don't get me wrong, there are so many things that you do um, with social selling that are marketing-based activities. If I create content and share it and it generates me an inbound lead, that's a marketing activity in reality. But if I create a bit of content, I notice that a potential prospect writes a comment I proactively message that prospect and start a conversation. Well, that's a sales activity. So that kind of misunderstanding around where the marketing and sales split within social selling is a common one. The other one is that social selling is limited mainly to prospecting. Um, and a lot of people focus on that sort of conversation start and they don't 
see or utilize where social selling comes in throughout the entire sales process and beyond. I mean, social selling is one of the best account management tools and resources we have at the moment, because if you can be building your personal brand and giving value on a, a daily or you know at least a regular basis, that trumps the three-month, six-month, 12-month follow-up call that most you know salespeople will do significantly. And you build such greater, stronger relationships with them. So yeah, social selling versus social marketing and the whole focusing it on prospecting piece are probably the, the biggest misconceptions I see. Yeah. And, and to close then the, the chapter about getting started, what goals would you recommend uh, for people to set themselves when getting started? Is it um, amount of network? Is it, you know, growth of impressions or likes or comments on posts or what, what would you recommend? It's always very important to measure the right metrics. And even from day one, your ultimate goal is going to be generating sales from social. So it is crucial from the start that you are focusing on that measurement. The ultimate goal is to get sales revenue, close deals um, through social. Then you reverse engineer it and you work your way back, but you make sure that list of priority and focus is reflected on that desired outcome. If you focus purely on followers, well, someone can easily go and get followers. It doesn't mean those activities will result in sales. So focus on the sales, work your way back, you know, from sales, you're then looking at pipeline opportunities. Before that, you're looking at messages sent, communication made. Before that, you're looking at, um, you know, sort of personal brand, network growth, impressions, likes, generate, you know, engagement, et cetera. Um, those are the sort of things you measure. And then you go down and you utilize things like the social selling index, you know, LinkedIn's measurement, which looks at some of the more behind the scenes data. But ultimately, you want to measure it all. Yes, we always do. <laughs> um, so let, let's focus a bit on, on the sales process because, uh, well, especially in the past, you know, 16, 18 months with the pandemic as well, it's changed quite drastically from face-to-face -to, -face to, to digital or remote. Uh, and now we're going to go into, you know, maybe a more hybrid approach where things are opening up again, but everyone's so used to Zoom calls. So do you really want to commute to that, you know, one meeting really far away when it's much more convenient to do it at home from Zoom? But sometimes, of course, face-to-face -face is very much worth it. And so the question is really, how does social selling fit into the new sales process? Or, or how do you see social it impact the sales process? It's It slots in nicely. And it all it takes is just moving around some of the time you might have spent doing other activities. But it's been a part of it for a long time now. As you say, with this new hybrid model that is probably more likely for the majority of companies out there, it's just a case of leveraging social, perhaps a bit more than a lot of people used to do, where they may have been hours and hours on the road. And now they're going to save that time by having 50% of those meetings virtual. Well, that time they save, maybe they're going to start leveraging things like social where their prospects and customers are likely to be more active on it now after the last, like you say, 18 months or so. Um, so it fits in very nicely, but it was there before. Even if you did spend hours driving to a meeting, you'd still want to be connecting with those people on LinkedIn. You'd still want to be utilizing messaging to communicate with them and creating content. So it was there before. Hopefully now what I found is companies are allocating a lot more time to it than they had done before. 
And on the flip side, how is it changing the buyer's journey? Do you see a lot of people or do you see more people, procurement companies, doing their research uh, when prospecting tools uh, on LinkedIn or social media in general? It's, I mean, it's massively impacting the buyer journey. There are so many statistics talking about, you know, how much content buyers consume before they buy, um, how influential social media is and personal brands and, um, you know, industry expertise. All these things have a huge impact on that buyer journey. And you're right. The buyers have this power. They have this access to so much knowledge. They can look at all your competitors within a few minutes and a few clicks. It's a, a very good time for buyers. They have access to more than they've ever had access to before. But whilst it creates uh, some challenges, it creates equal amount of, of opportunities. It's just encouraging salespeople to level up, to step up what they do. It is no longer just a case of having a list of numbers and, and calling them or having a list of names and messaging them. You need to go further. You need to personalize at a greater depth. You need to give more value and, and build that credibility piece. So yes, it presents new challenges, but it presents as you know equal amount of, of great opportunities. Next question is, would you say that social selling is already too competitive as a sales channel or is it still in its infancy? So the, the question really is, Are we already at a point where um, LinkedIn inboxes are clogged with spammy messages like Outlook uh, inboxes, or is it still much earlier than that? So it is. So with written messages, Thomas, 100%, you know, inbox is getting pretty cluttered with, uh, with, with sales pitches. What is very exciting at the moment is that audio and video messages are in their infancy and the sales teams, I, most of the companies I work with, they're just starting with audio and video messages and the results are incredible because I mean, me personally, I would say 99% of the messages I get in my inbox are text based. Uh, it is rare that I get a video and audio one, but when I do, I take notice of it. I consume it. I read it. I'm, I'm likely to respond to it. And it's the same Uh, reaction that I see a lot of companies getting when their sales teams start to utilize that method. So there are parts of social selling that are starting to get quite cluttered, but because LinkedIn's ever evolving, there are all these new features coming out that are in their infancy. And I would say things like content, personal brand building, even network growth, organic network growth is still um, you know, in its prime, but audio and video messaging is, is in its infancy. And for any salesperson who's willing to learn and make the effort and go through the challenges of getting confident in that, they're going to succeed above their peers significantly. And are there any specific uh, sectors or industries that you see LinkedIn working best or say having the most potential for uh, right now, if you were going to start social selling today? Uh, I'm a, probably a little bit biased in this, but the sales industry is definitely thriving on LinkedIn. So if you're selling to sales leaders or sales professionals, sales teams, um, you know, that is a real thriving um, place. Same with marketing uh, and, and even recruitment still has a pretty strong presence. But the beauty of it is, most industries are active on LinkedIn now. I mean, I started using it eight, nine years ago and there was, you know, so many industries that just weren't on LinkedIn. Whereas now, industries that you don't think are going to be active on LinkedIn are active. And I see people 
building great brands, growing great businesses and generating great results in a whole variety of industries. So yeah, there are some bigger bubbles, but most of them, there's a lot of potential out there. Yeah. Well, I think one of the burning questions also for me is, uh, so you wrote a book called The Million Pounds LinkedIn Message. So what I would like you to do is actually walk us through a bit. How do you generate or how do you close a deal uh, via social selling? What, what's the process? And of course, you know, like any buyer journey, there will be, you know, a million different journeys for a million different customers. But if you could map out one journey or one path from, you know, generating the lead to closing the deal, how, how would you uh, describe it? Yeah, so, I mean, Thomas, you're right. There are so many different variations of processes that a customer is likely to go to. Uh, there are a percentage of customers that I have that start on LinkedIn, grow through LinkedIn and close on LinkedIn. But there are also lots of opportunities that start on LinkedIn and then evolve into you know, a Zoom meeting, a face-to-face, -face, a phone call, and maybe it's closed in person, maybe it's closed through an email. You know, There are so many variations. And a lot of that depends on deal size uh, and the product or service that you sell. Um, a lot of the training that I, the training business that I do, so the companies I go and train, there's quite a large amount of that that starts and closes on LinkedIn just through a few messages. Um, and that's down to the stuff I do outside of messaging with my brand, with the content I share. By building a high enough amount of credibility, it means that when people are interested or ready to buy, you've answered the majority of their questions. And so a transaction can happen entirely on LinkedIn. But for a lot of salespeople, you know, probably what they sell, they're going to need outside involvement as well outside of LinkedIn. So again, usually it starts with finding your prospects and connecting with them on LinkedIn, then a bit of engagement. So engaging in their content and giving out your content. So they're getting value from you. They're starting to warm up to you as such. Then you start the conversation, um, usually with a LinkedIn message, whether it's text, audio or video. Um, you progress that conversation however it needs to be progressed, whether it's on LinkedIn, outside of LinkedIn. Um, and then you get to a point of close. Maybe it can be closed on LinkedIn. Maybe it needs to be closed in person over a phone call through video uh, or, or via email. That's the typical process I go through. And again, it will depend entirely on the, the product or service that is being sold and the customer it's being sold to. So I have a question about, um, do you use any supporting tools that, that you would integrate with LinkedIn to kind of, because for example, actually we can mention um, we're going to have a, a partnership kickoff uh, in the fall between Get Accept and, and the Daily Sales, right? And I've actually been following you for, for quite a few years. I would say probably maybe three, four years at least. Uh, and so, you know, it's been three, four years of me being kind of a passive follower of, of Daniel Disney and the daily sales on LinkedIn to then taking the next step. And then I reached out to you and now we have a, a partnership going on. So how do you, because if I were a, a traditional lead in your CRM, you would have a lot of, you know, metrics in terms of Am I opening your emails, you know, engaging with your content, these kind of things. On LinkedIn, you know, you post a, 
a message and you get, you know, hundreds, thousands of likes, I guess you're not going through each single like and like, oh, I recognize that name. He also liked my post yesterday. That's two days in a row. I'll contact him. So do you have, um, yeah, what, what's your tool set, toolkit to, to kind of support your social selling activities? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point to mention that sort of comparison between traditional sales and this new sort of social digital sales and how that differs. A lot of this depends on your definition of what a qualified lead is, uh, an SQL. Now, I've generally had as high a standard on a qualified lead as possible. So for me, a qualified lead is either someone that comes to me with a you know uh, an expression of interest or a prospect that I've identified myself where I've sort of pre-qualified them um, through through research. So yeah, a like, a comment, uh, a share wouldn't count as a lead in, in in my view. But as you say, when you start to pick up on trends and, and common themes, you, you may think, okay, maybe it's worth me popping them uh, a message. Uh, again, as you grow, sometimes it gets more difficult to manage. And the bigger the brand you build, the more engagement you get. It becomes a bit more difficult to do that manual um, manual handling as such. But what you create is an engine. You create an engine, a conveyor belt that, that ultimately, as you say, can often bring those opportunities to you. In terms of tools, I use a, a suite of tools for, for LinkedIn and, and social selling, and it varies across different areas. So I use something, uh, I use a platform called Vidyard for video prospecting um, and video content creation. I've been using that for about three years now. I use LinkedIn Sales Navigator, um, which is an amazing tool, but Going back to misconceptions, a lot of people think you need to have Sales Navigator to be good at social selling. Uh, a lot of sales teams and companies spend an incredible amount of money on Sales Navigator, but then no one uses it and then wonders why there aren't results. So just to clear up that misconception, I would say 90% of what I've achieved on social over the core part of my direct social selling career was done without Sales Navigator. Um, you can do so much without it. but when you do use it right at that right time, it's an invaluable tool. But as with anything, it's about using it properly, learning how to use it properly and, and getting the most out of it. But it's a bit of a myth that, yeah, you certainly don't need it for, for, for social selling um, success. And yeah, there's, there's other tools I use for content creation, um, for scheduling. So to schedule content in advance. So if I go away on holiday for a week or two weeks, the, my content can still go out. The daily sales content can still go out and I don't have to be there looking at LinkedIn every day whilst taking a break. So there are some amazing tools out there. And it's probably the best part about working in sales right now. There has never been more tools and resources to help salespeople sell than there is right now. And the smartest salespeople are the ones that are using that right combination of tools to uh, to make them as efficient and effective as possible. Yeah. And, and other than LinkedIn Navigator then, or kind of social selling related what tool do you use the most in sales today? Yeah, I mean, I use the, the common ones. So I use a, a CRM system um, for, for, all customer, for, for all customer management. I use Outreach, which is a fantastic sales engagement platform. Um, I don't use the phone as much. So I used Gong with some sales teams pre-doing what I do now. Um, I've played around with most of the sales tools out there over my sales career, uh, I, I led sales teams up to sort of 300 plus and got to play with a lot of cool tools and technologies. A bit different now where I work for, for brand me and it is kind of just me operating. So a lot of those tools aren't as uh, relevant as they used to be. But 
having utilized a lot of them and working with teams that utilize them now, there's some great tools, uh, great tools out there. The key is to learn it. The biggest challenge I see with sales teams is they buy these tools. They don't provide the right training and they don't coach or manage it the right way. And a lot of these tools get wasted or, or, or non-utilized. Um, the best sales teams are the ones that make it as easy as possible, provide that right training and then coach and support them to utilize it. The ones that use it are the ones that, that benefit the most. Yeah. Well, well going into training and, and support uh, from a company perspective and, and bringing that back to social selling and, and LinkedIn specifically, what are the, the best practices? How does how can a, a company, a brand, uh, support its employees to be active on social media, to be able to, to generate leads, close deals without simply, uh, you know, be the, the copy paster of, of the company messaging? Three components that I would recommend. Number one, get them the right training. No one, myself included, goes onto LinkedIn and knows what to do. I had a long journey of trial and error to learn uh, to be able to do what I do now. And I see a lot of salespeople that are told to use LinkedIn and ultimately, you know, they make more mistakes than they do progress. Get them some good proper training. Then number two, schedule time in their calendar for it. Make sure there is set time every day for LinkedIn. So once they know what they're doing, they have time put by where they do nothing but LinkedIn. Whether it's 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, just have some set time for it. And then the third component is coach and support them. Lead them properly so that you're measuring the right metrics, you're encouraging the right activities, and you're supporting that growth. Because it's a journey from day one through to the end of your first year. There's a lot to learn and experience in that time, and you need to make sure it's supported. Or again, you're going to miss out on so many opportunities. Perfect. Well, to, to close um, this conversation out, if you were going to, if you were a newbie on LinkedIn, and you are going to start out today, but you have the knowledge that you have from, you know, your nine, ten years experience. What would you, what would you have changed from from your um, journey or your path? Yeah, how it's would, a good question. I actually, over a million followers instead of just seven hundred thousand, for example. <laughs> It's a good question. I'm talking to a company um, later today and actually I got slides with that exact process. If I was starting in your role, selling your product from scratch, what would be the core things I would do? Um, and again, the, the key activities would be I would start proactively growing my network straight away and I would have time every day to be growing that network. I would be creating content from day one um, and creating creative, engaging content and i would build my brand heavily from day one i would those three things um i would really push and then i would also from a sort of sales perspective um make sure i'm messaging and sending good messages obviously i didn't have audio and video messages when i started using linkedin <laughs> but if i started now i would be leveraging it knowing that not many salespeople are using it and it would be one of my biggest advantages so i would build my brand share great content grow my network and i would send awesome engaging audio and video messages alongside text ones um and yeah i could probably do a bit better <laughs> well actually now last question um what is it that you would like to be able to do on linkedin that you cannot do today just in case you know uh, someone working at r d from linkedin is listening to us today 
do you know what? One of the biggest opportunities LinkedIn has, there's two. One of the biggest ones is their messaging platform, their inbox. It's not as well built as it could be. Um, and I would love to have some better features similar to an email where you could have junk folders, you could create folders for your messages. Um, you know, it would be a lot easier to organize it. That would be huge. The other thing is LinkedIn groups. I would love to see LinkedIn groups thrive again and be brought to the front like they are on Facebook because groups and communities are massive, but LinkedIn has put their groups behind so many barriers that it's impossible to create good engagement with them. So messaging and groups, bring those up. Woo, it's going to be a wave of new opportunities. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating with groups because they work so well on Facebook and, and they're so shit on LinkedIn. <laughs> it's uh, it's a shame because if you're really focused on LinkedIn, you know, you, you see this gap of on Facebook, they're really thriving, get so much interaction, engagement, even from I've seen groups from from brands just thriving, uh, and and on LinkedIn, yeah. you know, it's like a, a desert. I know, I know, it's a shame, but maybe one day, Thomas, maybe one day soon, it will, it will happen. Yeah, hopefully. Well, Daniel, um, thank you very much for again being the guinea pig today on on our first episode ever of the Sales Ladder, and um, yeah, we will in any case. Um, You'll hear more from Daniel and the Delhi Sales and Get Accept uh, through our partnership that will kick off in the fall from September. So watch out for that. So Daniel, big thanks to you for joining us today and your insights. No, thank you for having me, Thomas. This is an awesome idea for a podcast. Loved your questions. Can't wait to hear more of these episodes. But thank you for having me. Thank you. And if you do want to hear more from us, make sure to follow our LinkedIn page, The Sales Ladder, where we will be releasing new podcasts on a weekly basis, every week invi inviting an inspiring sales leader. So thank you for joining us today and look forward to seeing you very soon. Mm -hmm.